0: Existing just beyond the boundaries of our comprehension, there lies an unseen world. A world that exists just beyond the veil of darkness. A world that should be left undisturbed. His angels fought back, but were not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon and his angels were hurled down. That ancient serpent called the dragon or Satan who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth, and his angels with him. existing just beyond the boundaries of our comprehension. The war between the angels of light and darkness continues to this day. The angels of darkness and Satan are a roaring lion seeking who they may devour. At this very moment, The Angels of Righteousness are engaged in spiritual warfare with Satan and his Angels of Darkness for us, mankind, but the Angels of Light need our help. For God so loved the world, he sent his one and only begotten Son, and because the Son of God, who was crucified and rose from death, and whoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And whoever believes in him and you shall have the authority to tread on the heads of serpents, and cast out demons. Have you heard the calling?
1: Between the angels of light and darkness. Folks, it's around us every day, every moment of our life. Whether we know it or not, the great war rages on. Greetings everyone from deep down in the south of southern Louisiana. Well, it is that day. It is Friday the 13th of 2020. And Speaking of which, I think hell has literally froze over here in southern Louisiana because it is quite chilly. We are having some extremely abnormal temperatures for this time of year. One of the questions that I always get asked by people is how in the world did I end up in the field of demonology? Well, that's what we're going to dive into today. One thing that I could tell you is the field of demonology is not for everyone. You know, Getting into the field of demonology, the best way that I could describe it is when we are created, God creates us with a purpose and a life. For some people, it may be to simply save someone's life. Well, for others like myself and other people that are in the field of spiritual warfare, it is a true calling from God. It's what God wants us to do or what God drives us and pushes us to do. I will tell you this, when I was younger, never once in my life did I wake up and say, hey, I want to be a demonologist. I want to go toe to toe and battle demonic entities. No, I can promise you. In the very beginning, I tried to run from this many times. And the way that I know it is a true calling that God wants me to do is because it seems the harder I ran, the more it got pushed in my face. So, Eventually, I gave in, and I embraced becoming a demonologist, and that's very, very important to understand. And With that being said, the number one rule is it takes a special person to be able to deal with such negativity and violence on a regular basis and then be able to separate themselves from that and live a normal life and be a caring, loving human being. Not everyone makes a good demonologist. And, you know, if you get into this for the wrong reasons, you'll be destroyed. Your life will literally fall apart in front of your eyes. You know, for one, you can't do it for selfish reasons such as notoriety, fame, money, whatever it may be. You have to truly do it from a selflessness reason. It has to come from the heart. Because what you got to understand is when it comes to spiritual warfare, there's two planes of existence with this. So you have to learn to be able to walk on the spiritual side and the physical side. The battle takes place in the spiritual side of you. All right. So the battle takes place in your mind and in your heart. But the reason that you will say deliverance prayers out loud is because the demonic entity is affecting the physical world as well so first you have to break it in spirit which is our thoughts see our thoughts is the part of our existence that's pure spiritual okay and when we think our thoughts we imagine our thoughts play out in our conscious mind our subconscious mind whether we know it or not and that's taking something from a pure spiritual state and transforming it into or manifesting into the physical reality in which we live in. One question I get asked a lot, as you could probably imagine, is how can I get into the field of demonology? And my reply to people is always, you do not want to get into this field. Trust me, for some reason, people have this love affection whenever it comes to being you know the title of a demonologist they think is cool for whatever reason but here's the thing you have to understand once you go through that door or walk down that path you can never ever turn back okay because these entities will haunt you for the rest of your life think of it this way say you get in a fight with somebody and you beat them up well naturally they want to get revenge on you right So they're going to wait, and eventually they are going to try to get revenge on you. The same concept applies here. You have to understand, these are intelligent spiritual beings. They do have emotions, okay? They do have rage, and they want their revenge. And believe me, they will wait around, because time doesn't exist in the spiritual world like it does our world, the flesh. You see, time is something of the flesh because we live in a body that ages over time. In the spiritual world, time does not exist. So what seems to be 10 years for us is just a blink of an eye for these entities. And let me tell you, imagine this. Imagine sitting in your house watching TV, knowing that you are being stalked, that these entities are waiting. They're watching you. And they're waiting for that moment when you're vulnerable, when you're not spiritually strong, so that they can attack you. You know, when you get into this field, you run the risk of losing everything, your family, your job, your children. They will kill your dog. They will kill your goldfish, your goldfish, excuse me. They are going to attack the things that you love the most and take that away from you. Now, think about it is that something that you really want to spend the rest of your life waiting for knowing that if you become spiritually vulnerable that your life will be taken away from you that's that's not something that i would wish upon anyone it's time for us to take a quick break and as we say here in the bayou let's get we will be right back
0: wanting to learn spiritual warfare or just curious about the subject, I offer an online Take-At-Your-Own-Pace Spiritual Warfare and Demonology 101 course. Throughout the course, you will learn the vital information that you need to be able to successfully combat forces of darkness. For more information on demonology, 101 Spiritual
1: Warfare, visit my website at jeremyhutter.net. Cajun Hut Jewelry has a wide selection of handmade Saint Michael and St. Benedict bracelets as well as handmade rosaries, horseshoe crosses, and also be sure to check out our luxury line of jewelry as well. We make each piece of our handmade jewelry with you in mind. Please be sure to check us out at Cajun Hood Jewelry on Facebook or visit our store at jeremywinner.net. And we are back with our second segment of the Cajun Demonologist Podcast. Whenever I first got into the paranormal field, so I'm going to share my story with you guys. And if my story is able to help someone, even if it's just one person, to help steer them in the right direction or the right path, then it's worth it. You know, I got into the paranormal field really before the paranormal field was popular. I think at the time when I got into it, the only paranormal shows that was on television was a show called ghost lab and ghost. Well, it all started for me is I was going through a real bad time in my life. Personally, I was going through a real bad divorce and I was really, really down. Um, and I went to my cousin's house one night because, you know, I, Being around people helps take your mind away from all the pain and suffering that you're experiencing when you go through something like that. And we were watching Ghost Lab on TV. I'll never forget it. And afterwards, we were drinking. Okay, let's just be straight up honest. We were drinking. And after watching Ghost Lab, we decided to go to our family cemetery and play ghost hunters. Well, lo and behold, we had a video camera out there that night, and my cousin... He loves the film everything, even to this day. And um, a week later, his girlfriend at the time happened to have just watched the, the video for some reason or another. And lo and behold, we captured what we believed to be a full body apparition. It was really quite spectacular. It looked like smoke coming from the opposite ends, and it met in the middle, and it formed a a lady. looked like she was wearing Victorian clothes. And it was like she took two steps, and then she just vanished into smoke, just like it had uh, originally first appeared. And we were absolutely fascinated by this, so we decided to start a paranormal team, and we called it Paranormal Society of Ponchatoula. And again, this is really before the paranormal got really popular. And we made a Facebook page. And I think within maybe three months, we had over 5,000 people on it. Then we started a like page. And we got really popular in our area really fast. And we was approached by a local TV show. Now, where most of you guys live is called counties. Well, in Louisiana, it's called parishes. Because, for some reason, Louisiana likes to be different than everyone else. And this local TV show was seen throughout Tanchpahoa Parish, which is where I live. And they approached us on doing a TV show, a ghost hunting TV show. You know, they thought it would be cool to have a local team doing uh, local investigations and so on. And we agreed, and we ended up having our own little show on a local network. And... It was fun. You know, can I say that I really believed in Ghost at that point? No, I can't really say that I did. To be honest with you, for me, it was a way to take my mind away from everything else that was going on in my life. And I'm a thrill junkie. I'm not going to lie to you. And the thought of a door slamming in my face was terrifying and absolutely gratifying at the same time. You know, that's what I was living for. That's what I was waiting for. And we ended up getting a call from a lady in a small country town called Mount Hermon, Louisiana. And she claimed that she went to the Myrtles Plantation. Now, it's important to understand that the Myrtles Plantation is a huge tourist destination. It's known as one of the most haunted plantations in America. And thousands of people go to this plantation every year. I've been to it maybe three or four times. I've actually filmed part of a TV show there. And this lady claims that this demon followed her home and it was terrorizing her and three children. She had three young daughters at the time. When she originally contacted us, you know, our initial thought was, okay, so you have thousands of people that go to this plantation every year and you mean to tell me a demon followed you home? Yeah, okay. But hey, if she would let us put it on TV we would come so what we ended up doing was we arranged a meeting to speak with this young lady and kind of get a feel of what's going on because look we had a lot of paranormal equipment and a lot of stuff we had to carry around and we always like to do an interview with the clients before the team actually goes there and does the investigation well when we got there we knocked on a door in this frail Thin woman answers the door. Okay. Um, She was kind of hunched over. She talked real slow. And it was quite obvious from the start that she suffered from Parkinson's disease. Anyway, she sat down in front of her computer and she wanted to show us some pictures of this orb that she claimed. Well, she claimed it was an orb and it had a face in it and it even had fangs and everything. And I mean, she was quite... Factuated with this picture, okay, so she was really obsessed, and I will tell you that obsession leads to opening yourself up to demonic possession or infestation, okay, <laughs> so she shows us this picture, and from my opinion right off the back, we're like, well, that's nothing but dust, but you know, y- you don't want to just... C- Come right out and say that, you know, you have to be really, really careful in these situations, not to offend someone, because in your client's mind, they're really dealing with something that they believe to be true. Right. So I'm sitting there and after I seen this, I'm like, oh, my goodness gracious. So she continued to talk to my cousin and I'm like, I'm just going to politely excuse myself and just kind of walk around the house so i grabbed the k2 meter which is an emf meter and what it does is it picks up on electromagnetic field you see the theory is that, that ghosts or spirits are energy right and this device will actually pick up you know different energy levels or, or static electricity or so on so this is an old farmhouse okay it's actually an older house that has a newer section built onto it And where the newer section meets the older section, there's a hallway that goes from one end of the house to the other. And I remember going down the hallway and her bedroom was right to the right. Now I remember thinking to myself whenever I approached her bedroom door, the things that she said that went on in that room. And I'm like, I am not going in that room by myself. So, you know, I'm just going to go the other way, which straight across the door from her room, there's this bathroom. Now, this bathroom is huge, and as soon as you walk in the bathroom on the right-hand side, there's this double vanity sink, and then there's this huge mirror that's probably about 10 foot long and about four or five foot high. It's huge. It covers the whole wall. Well, as soon as I walk in, that, in into the bathroom, I have the K2 meter in my hand, and all of a sudden, it starts spiking. I mean, it goes all the way to red, which is the highest that it will go. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, look at this. I was kind of starting to get excited, you know, because, again, I was a thrill junkie. Well, then it goes back to absolutely nothing. I mean, it just stopped. And I happened to glance up, and I'm I'm facing the mirror. And behind me, standing behind me, no more than maybe three or four feet, there's this thing standing in the doorway. Now, this thing was about seven foot tall, and the reason I say that is because most door frames are seven foot tall. And as this thing was standing there, his head came right to the door frame. Well, when I made eye contact with it, I probably made eye contact mid-body. And the one thing that struck me as odd right off the bat was that his arms were extremely long. Okay? His arms came past his kneecaps when this thing was standing there. And the second thing that caught my attention was his fingers were twice, twice as long as a normal person's fingers. So as my eye contact, I start tracking up, you know, this figure. Now, when most people think of a ghost or a spirit, they think of kind of like this translucent, uh, energy almost looks like smoke, right? That's not what this thing looked like. This thing was as solid as a human being. Okay. But I'm looking at it through the mirror and whenever I got to its head, it was really strange. It's, His head was kind of shaped like an egg, okay, and he was bald-headed. But what was really strange is it had eyes, but there was nothing else on its facial features. There was no nose, no mouth, no ears, no nothing. And look, this terrified me. It scared the living hell out of me. Now, I'm a grown man. I'm a big boy. Let me tell you something. I said a couple of choice words, and I ran out of that room as fast as I could. I ran into the kitchen where my cousin and the client were talking. And I told my cousin, I said, I need to talk to you outside right now. So he politely excused himself, went outside, and I'm shaking. I'm panicking. He knows right off the bat that something's not right. And he's like, what's up, cuz? What's wrong with you? And I told him what I saw. And look, you have to know my cousin. He's he's a bodybuilder, right? He's, He's a big guy. And he's a manly man. And when I explained to him in detail what I saw, his facial color turned almost white, okay, of shock. And he's like, she just got done describing this thing to me, Jeremy, and you are telling me the exact same thing that she said. So he knows at this point that I'm not exaggerating, I'm not lying, that I truly saw what I saw. And I told him, I said, we have to leave. This is way beyond us. We cannot help this lady. We have to leave now. Now, one thing I want to want you guys to make a mental image of, when I'm talking to him outside, it's a clear sky, summer night, not a cloud in the sky, no wind blowing, no nothing. And he agreed we would leave. So we walk inside. I'm on edge. I'm almost standing by the door. So if something happens, I'm out of there quick. And, it took about maybe two or three minutes until, you know, we, he basically just said that, you know, we would get back in touch with her. So we go back outside. Now this is no more than maybe five minutes tops. There is not a cloud in the sky except for one cloud directly on top of this house. Okay. Weirdest thing I ever saw. And the wind was blowing as if, there was a hurricane I'm talking 65 mile an hour plus winds now most of you guys your garbage company that picks up your garbage you have these big old garbage cans right these things are quite heavy well I distinctly remember seeing one fly across the yard and look I jumped in the car I was driving as fast as we could I cranked it up now this is a long dirt road leaving to this farmhouse and as we're pulling out the vehicle we had has power locks on it and the locks were malfunctioning. They were going up and down by themselves literally until we got out of the driveway onto the blacktop highway. And, you know, it took us a minute to kind of get our composure. And my cousin decides to look on his phone at the weather app because he thought that was quite strange. And in the town, there's no clouds, nothing except this one little speck which was directly on top of that house. And look, when I got home that night, I dropped him off. I went home and, you know, as I'm in my bedroom, I I wanted to take a shower because I was just beside myself. When I pulled my shirt off, I noticed that there was these huge three scratches down my back. Now, whenever I was in the house and I I encountered this thing, I do not remember feeling any pain in my back. Which then again, terror had taken over me at that point. And as I'm sitting there in bed at night, trying to make sense of what I saw, trying to come up with a rational explanation for what I saw, but I couldn't. The one thing that stuck in my mind was one single image. In the living room, there was an air mattress. And it had crucifix all the way around the air mattress. That really stuck in my mind. That's where the client and her three girls slept at night. They all slept together to try to protect, you know, I guess she wanted to protect her children, right? Because this thing was starting to affect the youngest child. Now, at the time this happened, the youngest child was probably two years old. And what I'm about to do next is I'm going to actually play an audio clip from this house, from this very haunting But I must strongly advise you that it's going to be very graphic. Okay. There's even some sexual content. Now, this video, what happened was over time, I had digital recorders and I would put them in every single room in that house and they would they would run pretty much 24-7, whether I was there at the property or not. But we're gonna I'm gonna play this clip for you in a minute. But first, I must back up a little bit. That image stuck in my mind. And I thought to myself, I'm not going back to the house, but I'll try to get them help, you know, because I'm a father myself. And I guess from a father's love or father's perspective, you want to try to protect these people. So I called a local pastor or minister in the town that I work, I mean, in the town that I live in, and I told him what was going on. And to my amazement, he basically shunned me and said, son, you need to stay away from people like that. And I'm thinking to myself, I come to you for help. You are a man of God. okay? this thing is evil. Whatever it is, it's just a feeling alone tells you that this thing is pure evil. So you're telling me to stay away from her. Come on now, there's three young children involved here. So I thought, okay, well, I'll go to the Catholic Church, right? They have exorcists, they have priests, they handle this thing all the time. I'm sure they'll help. Well, I went and talked to the priest, and again, to my amazement, the first thing he asked is, is she Catholic? Well, I'm thinking to myself, what does that have to do with it? And I replied, no, she's not. Now, I want to say this. The client, we're gonna call her Joy. Um, she was a very, very spiritual person. Now you got to remember, she lived in the country. Most country folks look they're devout Christians. You know, every Sunday they're gonna be at church. You know, it's kind of part of the the country life, if you will. Okay, and I was really taken back that the priest said, "Well, if she's not Catholic, I can't help her." And I'm like, "Oh, what? Are, are you being serious?" so anyway i went home and all this stuff is just flooding my mind and just that voice you know in your mind's eye you, that voice in your head says jeremy you have to help them there is no one else so this is what i did i would go to work i would come home and i would study everything that i could possibly find or get my hands on on the subject of demonology and spiritual warfare I was learning as as fast and as much as I could, but it, it wasn't fast enough. Okay, so now I'm gonna play the clip for you guys. Again, I strongly advise that if you get frightened easy, skip past this part.
2: She had the typical American Christian family life, married to her childhood sweetheart, working as a nurse, living in a country town with her husband and three daughters. I don't want to look at Wooly booger. I look ugly. I see my hair. i really, really. I'm a Filly Billy. Really. I love you. Then her life drastically changed when it was invaded by some thing.
0: I really? a Filly Billy. I have a
2: Something that nearly destroyed all that was dear to her.
0: I did you talked to about it.
2: Her home was invaded by an apparition who soon began speaking to her youngest child. (coughs) Out of the darkness is the story of a woman, a wife and mother, and her battle with demonic possession. She turned to her faith, she turned to her family, She turned to experts in the paranormal, but things grew worse with every effort. As she became consumed by the evil darkness, she was unable to shield her children from it. Her own demons were buried deep in her past. Over a torturous two-year period, her family, her career, and her life unraveled. If it happened to her, it could happen to you. What would you do? Out of the Darkness by Joy Stinson Available at Amazon.com and Barnes and Noble.
1: All right, so what I'm going to do next is since you guys heard the audio, I'm going to break it down to give you guys a little bit more in depth of actually what's going on. We'll get to this right after our words from our sponsors. So this clip you're about to hear is her youngest daughter, which was about two years old at the time. Again, it's important to remember that we captured this evidence because we had digital recorders running in every single room of the house 24 hours a day. And I would literally go through these recordings one by one. Then her
2: life drastically changed when it was invaded by something.
1: thing. Okay, so this is actually what she's saying. She's saying, lights out, he is near me, keep the lights on. So it's important to understand this. You know, you're going to have naysayers, all right, that says, all oh, well, of this is stage or, or whatever the case may be. This is a two-year-old girl, okay? You can't, you know, point them in the right direction to say stuff like this. I mean, you could honestly tell in her voice that she's scared. She wants to keep the lights on. You know, this is very heartbreaking, guys, and and this stuff is real. And this is how it will affect and destroy families. That is why I am letting you guys listen to this. As hard as it is to listen to, it's very important to understand the capabilities of these entities, Okay, so what this thing is saying is it's saying, get up and come and suck it, son of a bitch. But things grew worse with every effort. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so what you're hearing in this clip, uh, how do I say this? Guys, this is so hard for me to even say. The 2 year old is asking this entity, are you going to F me now? You know, and as you can hear, you can clearly hear the entity as an EVP through the digital recorder. Now... I'm going to tell you this. The more time that I spent in that house in the beginning, I couldn't hear it with my own ears. The family could, but I couldn't. But the more time I spent in the house towards the end, I could actually hear the entity speaking in an audible tone. And what this entity would do is it would mock me constantly, right? Demons know everything about you, right? You can't hide it from them if you don't protect yourself. All right. That's why it's called wearing the armor of God It's so that the entities can't know your deepest, darkest secrets, per se. And the entity knew that I suffered emotionally with weight problems my entire life. And it would make oinking sounds because it knew that that would really get to me. And it did. I'm not going to lie to you. But that's how these things work. Again, they are going to attack you where it hurts the most. All right, so what you're going to hear in this clip is her oldest daughter under possession. Now, it's important to understand that She's not truly under possession, right? Because a demonic entity cannot possess someone unless you give them permission to. And that's a topic for another day. Okay, but this is what you call jumping, right? Again, demonic entities are going to attack the things that you love the most. So what, is, what jumping is is where a demonic entity will, very, for a very short period of time, take partial possession of someone, okay? Um, and that's what happened here. Now, the entity doesn't have a right to this child. However, it does have the right to Joy, right? Because that is who is trying to break down mentally, physically, emotionally, and completely break Joy's will so that she will give in and allow this entity to eventually possess her. And that's exactly what this entity is doing right now. Now, you're going to hear Joy talking in the background, And she's on the phone with me when this is happening. You know, and imagine, from my point of view, hearing this in the background, the the terror, all the stuff that was literally going through my mind at the moment. I knew that time was running short, and something had to be done very, very quickly. I just didn't know what at that time.
2: She was unable to shield her children from it. Her own demons were buried deep in her past. Over a torturous two-year period, her family, her career, and her life
0: unraveled.
2: If it happened to her, it could happen to you. What would you do?
1: Okay, so what you're hearing Joy's daughter say under the influence of this entity is she's saying, you fools, this is my house now, this is my earth, you will never deliver me. And at the very end of this clip, you hear the actual audible of the entity itself saying, we're even stronger than God now. And if you notice the audible, from this entity is getting more and more profound is getting stronger you can really really hear what it's saying so as you can see guys demonic hauntings demonic infestations demonic possessions all these things are very very real and they affect people's lives in a very negative way that's why it's important to always be aware of your surroundings spiritually That way you don't unintentionally invite a demonic entity into your life. Because you see, believe it or not, demons have a certain set of rules that they have to follow, right? A demon cannot just see you walking down the road and decide to possess you. It does not work that way. You see, God gave us free will, and an entity cannot interfere with that under any circumstances. I call this the heavenly law. You have to, in fact, invite a demon into your life. Well, you may ask, well, how does this happen, and who would do such a thing? Well, you got to remember, these things are very, very clever, right? And they find what you would call loopholes, okay? And look, give you a perfect example, you know, if you're in a paranormal field, or you're a paranormal enthusiast, and, and you're doing an EVP session, which is where you're talking to a spirit, asking questions, waiting for a reply, that is just as dangerous as playing with a Ouija board. because in fact, a Ouija board itself is not evil. It's the intent of the user that makes it evil or dangerous. You see, anytime you get personal with uh, what you perceive to be Uncle Bob that passed away, okay? You think you're talking to Uncle Bob. And naturally, You know, that's a family member. So you're going to be more prone to ask personal questions to this spirit, which you perceive to be Uncle Bob about yourself. Well, you see, when you do that, in fact, you are inviting something in, you're opening yourself up. And one of the things that I see that really, really alarms me a lot is I will see people on Facebook You know, doing EVP sessions or spirit box sessions in their own home. That is absolutely absurd. Why would you do that? Why would you try to communicate with the spirit in your own home? Your home is supposed to be your sanctuary, your place where you feel safe, right? But yet here you are communicating with these spirits. And, you know, you start off asking, you know, general questions. Then you get more and more personal. Well, next thing you know... The spirit that you think's Uncle Bob, when in fact it's not, it's a demonic entity pretending to be Uncle Bob, is waiting for that moment to where you invite it into your life. And that's where an an infestation actually starts. Infestation means you've invited an entity into your home. Now you're going to start having all the signs of a haunting, but demonic haunting seems to get really destructive really fast, right? It's kind of like a freight train. Is building up momentum. Then what it's going to do is it's going to try to go to the next stage, which is oppression. So demons are, are in general. They're very I don't want to say they're cowards They're because they're not, but they're going to take the easiest route. OK, so when the infestation begins, it's going to sort out the person that has the weakest will that makes it easier for the entity to break. Right. Less work it has to do. So now the stage of oppression begins. Now the entity is merging itself with a person. So when that person is away from the home, the home is quiet. The entity follows the person wherever it goes. Now during the stage of oppression, what it's doing is it's trying to break a person down spiritually, mentally, physically. Completely isolate a person. Okay? And it will use what that person loves the most against them. As you can see in Joy's case, it was her children, right? So, again, even for possession, you have to give a demon permission to possess you. And again, you're asking yourself, who would do that? Well, my answer is, again, they're very clever on how they do this. Okay, so in Joy's case, (coughs) Joy actually ended up under possession, And this is how it occurred. It attacked her children, which was the thing she loved the most. And then it got to the point to where Joy said, do whatever you want to do to me, but leave my children alone. Well, she granted it permission right then and there. That was that moment where permission was given, the will was broken, and possession could start. Unfortunately, our podcast is running extremely long, so we're going to have to do a part two to continue the story of the Stinson family. Well, guys, it's been a pleasure to spend this afternoon with you guys, and until next time, see ya!